When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Welcome to it. What is it? Why, it's Fat Pile Friday on Chewing the Fat. And uh, I mean, we've got, I've got a pile of fat, mounds and mounds of fat to get through today. So we're just going to knock them out. We're going to get rid of this. We're going to wipe, clean off the desk, wipe it off, and start anew after today. So this story's been in the pile for a few days in an attempt to honor Juneteenth. At a Georgia Ikea store, that was an Atlanta branch of the Scandinavian furniture chain, uh, sparked a little outrage. And it uh, was meant to honor and acknowledge the progress yet to be made on Juneteenth. They were celebrating it on Juneteenth last Saturday. And they were supposed to honor the perseverance of black Americans and acknowledge that progress. Well, um, they sent an, an email to their employees that said, look out for a special menu on Saturday. It's going to include fried chicken, watermelon, mac and cheese, potato salad, collard greens, candied yams. Now I, for one, I'm a fan of every one of those, um, you know, except for maybe the collard greens. But, you know, if they're there, I'll go ahead and eat them. Now, the selection, including uh, the items that have historically been used to demean African-Americans through stereotyping. Huh. Really? So... I guess if you're looking back in history, and we all live in those his, in those days, fifty or sixty years ago now, um, we have to say that we fried chicken and watermelon, collard greens, but mac and cheese and potato salad and candied yams. Um, no, not in my world. But anyway, uh, employees were a little pissed, and uh, they walked out. Wait, what? Yeah, they called out of work and under protest. Now. According to uh, many of them, uh, you cannot say serving watermelon on Juneteenth is a soul food menu when you don't even know the history. They used to feed slaves watermelon, said one employee. Oh, really? Yeah, uh, apparently some people wanted to actually quit. They're just not coming back to work. Over this? Really? Okay. I mean, if that's your case, that's your case. According to a local report... 33 workers didn't even show up to work and the store had to apologize and it said uh, the manager uh, a female the manager said uh i truly apologize the menu came off offensive really um but this wasn't sufficient for forgiveness and the worker said the controversy could have been easily avoided if only people of color had been included in the team that chose the menu oh Okay, so the following day, the store manager revised the menu, and it included collard greens, cornbread, mashed potatoes, meatloaf, 
And Sunday's menu was fried chicken, mac and cheese, and collard greens. That's why it's, 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 it's not real. It's not real. I don't believe it. I don't believe that this story actually took place. But until further notice, I guess it took place. Welcome. Welcome to Chewing the Fat. So according to a new survey conducted by one poll and commissioned by Charmin, uh, fewer than four in 10, 38%, know that the Grand Canyon in, is in Arizona, with Colorado being the most common incorrect answer, 19%. Another 22% believe Niagara Falls is in Iceland. <laughs> uh, wow. Only 32% answered correctly. Uh, the New York Canadian border just amazing that they don't know geography wow now 71% believe in the importance of protecting the great outdoors that's for sure and the respondents agree everyone should work together to protect mother nature in fact two in three people believe individuals have a responsibility toward the outdoors and the same number think it's necessary for companies to use responsibly sourced materials well hello yeah duh so barely half of 2000 americans know where key landmarks are you know like the grand canyon uh and uh, niagara falls so some people thought that the Illinois Shawnee National Forest was in Ireland and Ontario. And that's only because our educational system does not prioritize or grade students to know where national landmarks are. But don't you still get an idea? I mean, we've I've had maps hanging up in our house forever. And we, you know, talk about geography and where things are. I don't understand. It's just... Weird. I know most Americans, according to this, are confident in their own geographic abilities, but that doesn't mean that they are. I mean, that's the <laughs> that's those uh, you know all the the polls that people do, the man on the street polls. People always think they're smarter than they are, always, and they feel that they have to answer. And that's when you get the the dumb Niagara Falls in Iceland comments from man on the streets, right? Um, but when it comes to knowing the landmarks, uh, no, we don't know them. It's just, it's just incredible to me. But we do want to make sure that companies and individuals have a responsibility toward the outdoors and using uh, responsibly sourced materials. Oh, yes, that's correct. Yes. Um, many believe companies have that moral obligation to help. 54% believe that replacing and replenishing the habitats they take resources from. Well, I mean, I, I agree with that too. 44% researching more eco-friendly methods of production. Well, uh, they should research, uh, you know, they're researching more ways to make more money. But, and if that turns out to be eco-friendly, good. If it doesn't, oh well. Oh, it should be eco-friendly whether they make any money or not. Okay, you got it. 
Uh, 44% believe giving monetary donations to charitable organizations. Well, okay, that's up to the company and up to individuals. That's the way America works. And we're one of the most giving countries, if not the most giving country in the world. Purchasing products with the Forest Stewardship Council label is an easy way for all Americans to help protect forests. Is it? Is it? Okay, no problem. You need 41% believe uh, the companies need to offset their carbon footprint as much as possible. And 32% believe create a plan to lessen their carbon footprint by a certain date. Oh, do you have a date in mind? Uh, tomorrow will be fine. Uh, tomorrow will be fine. That's good. Oh, okay. No problem. I just, it's so, we, we really care about the earth, and we all do. I mean, we don't want to ruin the earth. I get it. But to say that it's going to make this huge difference, no. It's not. We need to do our best to keep the earth as natural as possible. But we as human beings run it. We can't beat Mother Nature, but we can join Mother Nature. Right? Uh, Yeah, that's right. You can quote me on that. We can't beat Mother Nature. We just have to join Mother Nature and work in tandem. And be together and create a better living environment for all. Now back to you, Aldi. All right, I know it's Fat Pile Friday, so we'll get through some of these headlines that have been in the pile. So we are up against words again. Never-ending fight to stop words. Words will hurt everyone. So the Federal Aviation Administration Advisory Group... Uh, is urging the agency to replace words like airman and cockpit with gender-neutral terms like aviator and flight deck. (laughs) I guess I'm okay. You know, whatever. If they, you know, you don't want to call the pilots airman and cockpit. Uh, oh, you know, you want to call them aviators and call it the flight deck. They call it that anyway. Why are we making a big deal about it? We have universities. We got one university telling us to not say picnic or rule of thumb because those words are oppressive. Are they? Phrases like picnic trigger warning and even rule of thumb because a campus counseling service calls their links to violence and power are reinforcing systems of oppression are they well they are according to the prevention advocacy and resource center Uh, They list uh, loads of examples of gender-exclusive, ableist, and culturally appropriate terminology that can get in the way of meaningful dialogue. The oppressive language list developed uh, recently as part of the PARC, the 
Prevention, Advocacy, and Resource Center, a response to anti-blackness program and is always growing based on suggestions from the community. Oh, okay. Well, when you take a look at the oppressive language list, it hasn't broken down to five main categories. Violent language, identity-based language, language that doesn't say what we mean, culturally appropriate language, person-first alternatives. Oh, okay. Are you sure? Yes, we are. Gosh darn it. Policeman, uh, congressman, and even the gender-neutral descriptor freshman, which we've heard from other places around the country by now, have been deemed oppressive. Oh, okay. Uh, if there's a campus barber shop, it shouldn't be talking, taking, it shouldn't be talking any walk-in appointments, as the term has been deemed ableist. What? Oh my gosh. Their uh, resource centers and so students impacted by violent sexual assault or stalking. Yeah, I know. You shouldn't say killing it. <laughs> Instead, say great job or awesome. Oh, okay. Let's go to the language that doesn't say what we mean. That's got to be killing it in there, right? Uh, everything going on right now. Oppressive language, everything going on right now. Come on now. Come on now. Hope that's on here. Uh, committed suicide, failed successful suicide, completed suicide. What? Why is that oppressive language? Child prostitutes, sex with underage person, non-consensual sex. That's oppressive language? You should say child who has been trafficked, rape. What? Oh, my gosh. The explanation is sex with someone without their consent is rape. It is important to name this. Yeah, we know that. Oppressive language, abusive relationships. You should say relationship with an abuser. Oh, okay. Uh, I'm going to kill myself. Kill me. (laughs) Don't be saying that. Don't say it because you should be saying I'm really upset I'm so overwhelmed, I want to stop doing this. Don't be saying, I'm going to kill myself or just kill me now. Don't do it. Don't do it. Wow. But that doesn't have uh, killing it on it. That might be violent language. Killing, Yeah, killing it under violent language. Uh, it'd be a great job or awesome, like I said. Take a shot. Take a stab at it. <laughs> Don't be saying that. That's oppressive language. Say, give it a go. Try. Don't use trigger warning. Oh, no, 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 no. Use content note or drop in. Don't be using rule of thumb. Why would not use rule of thumb? Use general rule. So wait, this expression allegedly comes from an old British law allowing men to beat their wives with sticks no wider than their thumb. So even if that's true, which it probably is, uh, so this back in the day. So what uh, back, you know, back in the day, you don't get those days back. That's because we don't want them back. We don't want the days back. That's a good rule of thumb. Does that mean you want to allow men to beat their wives with sticks no wider than their thumb? 
Yeah, you know what? Yes, it does. Oh, my gosh. Don't say oppressive uh, language. Go off the reservation. You're supposed to say disagree with the group. Defect from the group. Uh, I mean, I think you can guess. Let's see. The phrase was a harmful history rooted in the violent removal of indigenous people from their land and the potential consequences for someone that left the reservation. (laughs) Oh, my gosh. That is identity-based language. Oh, this is going to be a tough one. Gender-exclusive language. You guys, ladies and gentlemen, policemen, congressmen, etc., freshman she he okay so instead of you guys ladies and gentlemen it should be y'all folks or folks friends loved ones people instead of policemen or congressmen you should say police officer or congressperson yeah we got it freshman is a first year student how dare you say freshman she he they or ask their pronouns. Yeah, make sure you do that. Ableist language, crazy, insane, wild, lame, walk in. Yeah, don't be don't be using ableist language. You should say that's bananas, which I bet will change. You don't want to say that's bananas. Uncool, disappointing, or drop in. Is that that can't be right saying drop in. That's gotta mean something else, right? I, I can't take it. I can't take it in words can't hurt you. Even if rule of thumb comes from the days when men could beat their wives with a stick, no wider than their thumb. We got it. Those days don't exist anymore. So it doesn't mean that. Okay. It doesn't mean that. Plus, Words can't hurt you. I'm so sick of hearing about how words hurt. Words have meaning too, Jeff. I know. I know. Don't say that. You could hurt someone's feelings. Ugh. All right, let's go to the break room. I, 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 can I say that? Is that ableist language? Is that gender inclusive enough? I want to drink a cold, refreshing beverage. If you would like one as well, please join me. Is that okay? So as long as we're in the break room, uh, yesterday we talked about uh, Britney Spears a little bit and she, uh, you know, was in front of the judge. And then I read a lot of her testimony. Wow. If what she says is true, that is amazing. I mean, it sounded almost like she was a slave. That's what this conservatorship is. They, that can't be allowed. Right. I mean, it just can't be allowed. She, she talked about one time uh, over a two-week holiday where a lady came into her home for four hours a day, sat her down, did a psych test on me. It took forever. I was told I, I had to. Then after I got a phone call from my dad basically saying I'd failed the test or whatever, whatever, I'm sorry, uh, you have to listen to your doctors. They're planning to send you to a small home in Beverly Hills to do a small rehab program that we're going to make up for you. You're going to pay 60000 a month for this. I cried on the phone for an hour. He loved every minute of it. 
The control he had over someone as powerful as me. He loved the control to hurt his own daughter a thousand percent. He loved it. I packed my bags, went to that place, worked seven days a week. And she goes on and on. But I mean, it's just incredible the things that she had to go through. Now, maybe, just maybe, just maybe, Brittany is, uh, you know, whacked out of her mind. And if that's the case, then bless her heart. I hope she continues with the help that her folks are getting her. And really, I mean, if she is out of her mind, should the parents, uh, you know, the dad be able to put her on tour and make her go through everything just for the money? I, I don't know. I don't know. It just seems really, really strange. She talked about the Vegas trip and how uh she wanted to say no she said i remember telling my assistant i feel weird if i say no i feel like they're going to come back to be mean or punish me or something three days later after i said no to vegas my therapist sat me down in a room and said he had a million phone calls about how i was not cooperating in rehearsals and i haven't been taking my medication all of this according to Brittany, was false and he immediately put her on lithium, took me off the normal meds, brought in new nurses. So, I mean, it was just, a, it's just a, a, an insane story. And if true, and she's not actually, then, uh, you know, something needs to be done. And hopefully the judge will do the right thing. If she is, then hopefully the judge does the right thing. So, man, if you ever wanted to have thoughts and prayers for Brittany, now would be the time. Speaking of thoughts and prayers, you know, I looked at the, we're looking at the building collapse that we talked about yesterday that happened while we were recording, while we were recording live. If you're listening live today, it's the 25th of June, 2021. As of right now, there's four people who have lost their lives to that building collapse and 159 unaccounted for as we speak but i saw where our president didn't even wish the people thoughts and prayers and i know i i I don't try to get political on this show because it's just you know all other shows get political and i try to steer away from that and and it's just it's tough to do and you know i see our president who doesn't even say anything about the people who could possibly loss of life and the struggles they're going through. He's just that we're got, we're ready to go. FEMA's ready to go. We're here to help. All we have to do. He's pissed that the governor hasn't said come and help because DeSantis, man, yeah, he will he will wait until the final moment if he actually needs the help. He'll do everything to help these people under the state of Florida, which is good, right? I mean, that's what's supposed to happen. But you want to talk about that? One more quick little um, little note. Okay, just one little quick note on the politics. I see where our Attorney General, Merrick Garland, is now suing the state of Georgia over the voting restrictions. So now we have our own Justice Department suing a state over their voting restrictions. And you've all heard what the restrictions are and the, what the law is and if you think that it's bad well bless your heart you should go talk to Brittany then okay
All right, good. I mean, it's incredible. Now they're saying, you know, obviously it looks like a bomb hit the building uh, with the the minute the if you've seen the video where it collapses, uh, amazing video. Uh, according to one researcher, we know they're saying that the condo has been sinking for decades. This uh, uh, Shimon Wadonski, uh, S-H-I-M-O-N-W-D-O-W-I-N-S-K-I, a professor at Florida International University, said that uh, the 12-story beachfront condo was built in 1981 and had been sinking into the ground since the 90s. According to a 2020 study that she took or he took or they took or he, him, they, them took. And the professor said, I looked up at it this morning and said, oh my God, we did detect that. So if that's true, wow. I mean, they will be going over all these buildings with a fine tooth comb. They're also saying that, oh, is the Miami's salty coastal air could have facilitated the erosion of the steel. Yeah, it could have. And the sun could have made it so hot that it just dropped to the ground. It's very possible that that happened. But all the other buildings aren't affected, right? So, I mean, I kind of go with the professor at the Florida International University and just believe that uh, it was uh, sinking and already in trouble. And it shouldn't have had people in it as we speak. And right now, it, it, it doesn't. Ooh. Probably shouldn't have went there. So we mentioned Scott Cawthorn, who uh, was made the hit uh, Five Nights at Freddy's. We mentioned him, I think, last week. I get the days confused, and he was not bowing to the the Reddit mob because they found out that he donated $42,000 in campaign contributions to mostly Republican candidates. Oh, my gosh. Unbelievable. And he wouldn't bow to the... uh, to the rage mob and he said that uh i exercised my right and my duty as an american citizen to vote for and support the candidates who i felt could best run the country for everyone and that's something i won't apologize for and he continued to take a beating well now he's go he's gone ahead and decided to retire uh you know he didn't mention that he's retiring because of the woke mob but he did say that uh, I have six kids now, and although one of them is currently the size of a blueberry, I love them dearly. They are my whole world and my whole universe. I want to focus my attention on them, focus on protecting them, and spend my time making things for them. I only ask that my fan base respect my decision. I will still be around, just not in the capacity that, I've u- that I used to be. What a blessed career I've had, what wonderful people I've met, and what a tremendous blessing to have been able to know all of you. Thank you so much. See you on the flip side. That was the last of his resignation letter or his retirement letter. Wow. I mean, the pressure on this guy for having donated 
to people who he thought would best run the country or best work for the country. And they, I mean, I realize that it doesn't say that's why, but it does appear that way. And, you know, in our world today, if it appears that way, it's that way. And you can quote me on that. If it appears that way, it is that way. So I'd like to take you down a road where my mind goes. And I know that's a little frightening, but I'm just talking about entertainment road. So I start reading a story about Joan Collins, who was talking to Pierce Morgan on his, I don't know, life story show or whatever he does. And Joan Collins is 88 years old now. So she's one of those people in the window when you want to talk to him, because I don't care. After about 80, you want to get that interview because they're going to tell you how they feel about people and what really happened in their world. Well, she's talking about how she hated John Forsyth, who was a big-time actor and was uh, part of her uh, show, Dynasty, the big, the big show that Joan Collins was, uh, you know, the, the one of the stars was with. She co-starred with Forsyth. She called him a misogynistic P-K in the interviews. I didn't like him. <laughs> Uh, okay, no problem. She said that, uh, he always had to be front and center. He didn't want to share the limelight and he had in his contract that he always had to have 5,000 an episode more than anybody else in the cast. Well, that seems like a pretty good deal. Why didn't you work on figuring something out? Oh, come to think of it, she ended up doing that. She said she was making about 15000 an episode when she joined the series, and Forsyth, who died, I don't know, 10 or 11 years ago now, was earning like twenty-five or 30000 Okay, well, eventually, Collins worked her way up to 120000 an episode, but noted that came with a caveat that they'd only put me in half the episodes as they couldn't afford to pay me. So she added that uh, I was impressed by myself. Quite frankly, I think I should have gotten a lot more money. Well, work the deal then, Joan. But as I'm reading about Joan, then I see along the side that there's the go- a story about the Go-Go's, which are you know now going to do a brief West Coast concert series because uh, of their induction into the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame. So coming up in December and January, the Go-Go's are going to be doing a five-date run, December 28th at the Masonic in San Francisco, Microsoft Theater in Los Angeles, and then they're going to uh, -to back-to-back dates at the Venetian, and then they're going to conclude their tour with the San Diego Civic Center. So they're going to start in San Francisco and work their way down the coast December and January to celebrate their Rock and Roll Hall of Fame. Then along the side of that story, I see a story about David Crosby, who says, and which I, you know, I have to read. And David's talking about, I uh, let all three guys down. He let uh, Stephen Stills, Graham Nash, and Neil Young down. Uh, it was uh, an ongoing, contentious relationship. And he talks about his story. He said, I let all three guys down totally by becoming a junkie oh okay he said that uh he he apologized to them and he you know it was partly you know was a lot of 
partly. It was partly a lot of his problem. He, a problem. Yeah, you can quote me on that too. Is a problem. But he said, you know, hell, he went to jail in Texas <laughs> for firearms and drug use. Uh, he was busted with cocaine and heroin, and he had a he had quite the uh, quite the drug abuse and alcohol abuse reputation. And he, you know, lived with it. And then he had a liver transplant and talked about his whole story. And I was reading about David Crosby because I was forced to like Crosby, Stills, Nash and Young for years ago. And I just, you know, I'm, I'm fascinated by all their characters and I like uh, some of their work. Well, then along the side of that story, I see where Harrison Ford has injured himself again. Uh, that's correct. He injured his shoulder while rehearsing a fight scene in his uh latest uh in his latest indiana jones movie and so he's taking a break from filming as he rests and i mean he got injured making the last movie right uh so okay and then it talks about and that you know the i'm looking forward to the movie uh, it started uh, filming uh, earlier last earlier this month in the united kingdom and they're bringing in uh, other co-stars, uh, Mads Mikkelsen, uh, Phoebe Waller-Bridge, Boyd Holcock. I mean, you know these actors and actresses from other big productions. And, of course, composer John Williams is coming back for the uh, soundtrack. So that should be, uh, you know, you returning as, I'm sorry, the composer. But then inside that story, it talks about how Harrison has uh, been hollering at fans who want autographs he's been uh, snapping at uh fans who show up at the hotel wanting autographs and pictures well according to the crowd they're trying to make make it right you know that uh, 70 year old eight, 78 year old harrison i mean he's shooting this mega budget blockbuster in the midst of a pandemic and he can't uh, be seen getting close to all these unwashed masses he's the at a vulnerable age group which is true there's no doubt about that but uh no way the paparazzi and the fans no way he's hollering and yelling at them point blank then i read <laughs> inside that story about john cusack and i always read john cusack stories because the last movie and i don't remember which one it was but the last movie i saw him in, i thought oh john what are you doing baby he is definitely part of the chewing the fat three cuts to clown face plan and the picture that they always use is one of him a number of years ago because the main picture they showed a picture of him at the basketball game where he was after he was there going on this big rant which i'm going to talk about because the rant is uh, i would say uh you know not happy with the united states and he's not happy with the gop and he's not happy with the he's what who he calls a uh, fascist right so the picture they have of him there, you see, oh my gosh, baby, three cuts to clown face, take it easy. Unless he's transitioning, because this picture of him at the game almost looks like he's headed toward the female side of things in life. But I don't know. I don't know if he's, if he's transitioning or not. 
but he hopped on social media and said the country is effing awful. Isn't that special? Isn't that special? Don't you love America, John? You know the country that's made you a star. (laughs) Yeah. He decided that uh, it was Boeing might need the Ellen treatment on his Twitter account. He said, I was at the ballpark last night. I'm sorry. And I said basketball, but he was at the ballpark. It was a baseball game. And they did their support, the ads troupe, and they conflate Boeing with troops serving while supporting the GOP. That means funding the insurrection, anti-democratic forces, the opposite of what they claim to support, U.S. freedom. He went on, let's call the USA what it is decadent on the fast track to autocracy autocracy i know don't look at me like that living on the atavistic fumes of ww2 greatest generation teaver which is i'm guessing they never actually took on fascism and beat it down we can't even arrest open criminals in gop nor a mentally ill white supremacist lawless thug We aren't great. We aren't even mediocre. We're effing awful, full of cowards and corporate whores. Boeing gets to take our out tax dollars. I'm guessing he meant our tax dollars. Parade our soldiers, wrap themselves in the flag, which I, you know, I'm I'm okay with. I'm okay with this so far. Uh, While financially backing fascists, we have no leaders, no soul, just greed. John, 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 John. It almost sounds like a song, right? We have no leaders, no soul, just greed. We're effing awful, full of cowards and corporate whores. (laughs) We have no leaders, no soul, just greed. I'm John Cusack. God bless the United States of America. He, of course, would never say the last part of that. That was just me adding it on. And don't even get me started on spending time down the Alec Baldwin and the wife going to uh, going out to dinner with Sarah Jessica, Jessica Parker and Matthew Broderick. Don't even get me started on wasting time on that story. I mean, that's just a that's just a few stories and where my mind goes just for I mean, it took me probably about 10 minutes to explain it to you. And reading all those stories, it was a lot more than 10 minutes of my life. know that north korea has not had one confirmed case of covid 19 i know i know that's tremendous maybe we should take some notes from north korea but hey that's just me i was just thinking about north korea because i was looking up at uh, one of the television screens here in front of me and it had a split screen showing the condominium rubble as the rescuers search through it to look for uh, any more bodies and uh, either dead or alive. And the other screen, the other side, had Kamala Harris at the border. And everything looked like, I thought it was Kim Jong-un or Kim Jong-il or whoever. You know, I thought it was Kimmy. 
uh, hanging out uh, on the left side of the screen. And then I looked at Rubble on the right side of the screen, and I thought, wow, today's America. That was just me, though. That was just me, and it got me thinking about about North Korea and how good it's been that they have not officially had any confirmed COVID-19 cases. I know. I know. I see we're back to investigating the military world games that took place in Wuhan uh, back in October of 2019 because apparently we had athletes getting sick with what we know now is COVID-19-like symptoms. I think we first heard about that. I mean, we heard about that a while ago, which was poo-pooed by uh, everyone. And in fact, that's what I believe probably started uh, China saying that our military brought COVID to China. It wasn't China that had COVID and our military brought it back home. But the games were October 18th through the 28th in 2019 had 9,000 international athletes traveling from more than 100 countries many of whom later reported getting sick with COVID-19 like symptoms huh 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 isn't that interesting so that goes back to the COVID-19 timeline that we talked about where people were getting sick at uh, that time frame in the u.s and they didn't know what it was and they thought it was flu but they weren't testing positive for flu so they were just telling you hey good luck god bless here's some medicine take the flu stuff and go home and rest just like uh, we'll pretend it's the flu (laughs) okay i know i know don't 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 look at me like that don't don't do it i see where my friend john ziegler Uh, put out a new article talking about uh, how did 15 days to flatten the curve turn into over 15 months of abusing children? It's a good question. Uh, Then he makes a list of some examples, and it's pretty startling when you think about it. School closings, stay-at-home orders, beach and pool closings, amusement park and playground closings with restrictions, theater closings restaurant closings sporting event and fan attendance closing with restrictions holiday restrictions graduation ceremony cancellations mask mandates which have a greater psychological and maybe even medical toll on kids with even less theoretical benefit for them than adults given that kids are often incapable of wearing masks properly and number 11 vaccine loopholes just a quick list from john and you can look for that article uh, i'll tweet that out at jeffy jfr and you have a new study that finds lockdowns didn't save any lives and may have killed more people than doing nothing huh we have morgan stanley saying yeah if you're unvaccinated and you're an employee or you know what even clients uh we don't want you in our new york offices wait what yeah we're gonna prohibit unvaccinated staff members and clients from entering its New York offices. Oh, okay. So what is going to happen? Well, we're going to, uh, we're going to require you to attest 
uh, to your vaccination status by July 1st. Additionally, the memo obtained by the Washington Examiner indicated that unvaccinated employees, clients, and visitors will not be permitted to enter the company's New York City and Westchester offices. Employees who aren't fully vaccinated will be required to work remotely for now because they're the same people that are telling you uh, you need to come back to work. Right, we need to open these offices up, and if you want New York money, you got to work in New York. Okay, <laughs> I would call it directionally very strong without dictating yet. Oh, okay, that's a cute way to put that. It's directionally very strong to get the vaccination. All right. I mean, are we gonna have mandates all over? You know. Private companies are going to do what private companies want to do, and I don't think you're going to be able to stop them. I mean, we saw the Houston hospital do that very same thing, right? We also have uh, big news today where Derek Chauvin is going to be sentenced sometime today. Um, I see he's not uh, going before the judge before we are done recording Chewing the Fat today, so you'll have that information Um probably by the time you're listening to this unless you're listening to it live on the 25th of june 2021 but he's supposed to be sentenced and you know he's going to be sentenced to the the full term i mean maybe the the judge tries to pretend that uh, i'm giving you a break here derek Uh, i'm only going to sentence you to 25 years but no way Uh, um if he's going to get the maximum sentence right i mean he was convicted of second and third degree murder as well as second degree manslaughter and the jury what they deliberated for like 10 minutes i'm sorry 10 hours they got dinner and (laughs) they got dinner out of the deal but um he could be sentenced up to 40 years and then it's 30 so he as he's gonna get the maximum he just is he's gonna get the maximum and there's no way you can have Derek chauvin Chauvin, Chavin, Chuin, however you want to say him, uh, the uh, murderer of George Floyd, there's no way that you can allow him to be sentenced anything other than the maximum. No one wants to be, you know, this judge will, you know, if it goes before, if they, if they go ahead and uh, try to uh, retry the case or they go back and they say, hey, um, we believe that uh, really that judge didn't know what he was talking about. And we still believe that the jury committed misconduct. And we want to go ahead and claim that we need a new trial. Okay. Uh, not before this judge. This judge already said, nope, not doing that. And there's no way he's going to sentence him to less than the maximum. After he's done with it, he's going to wash his hands of it, but he's not going to let anything happen other than the worst possible outcome for Derek. And I, I saw the stories now. What would happen when Derek is in prison? He's going to become an instant target, you think? No kidding. I saw, I read an interview where they're talking about, uh, he's going to face efforts of other inmates, uh, that are going to try to kill him. Really? You think so? Uh, the maximum security prisons are obviously, uh, 
among the inmates run by gangs and uh, they're going to try to beat them up and make a point and earn uh, earn bonus points for doing that so the president the officials need to take enhanced security measures to pr- protect him do we need a so-called expert to tell us that really uh we've got that one figured out and that's why i said even bef- before that jury came back and we really i think we talked about it while the trial was still going on i mean he really he thinks a lot of himself derek i'm talking about uh former police officer chauvin the the now uh convicted murderer of george floyd um he really needed to end his own life i know that's a terrible thing to think about and a terrible thing for him to do but he should have done that and just put this to an end and I don't necessarily know that I want to put it to an end, but I would have put this part of it to an end and we wouldn't have had this whole show, but he thinks a lot of himself. So he believes he's going to continue on and on and on. And we saw the way he looked when he was on George's neck. So it was just, he's just that kind of guy. And, uh, so whatever happens to him in prison happens to him. Ah, oh, that's another quote for me today. Whatever happens to him in prison happens to him. And we had Harry. I w- Harry landed in the UK. I'm going to take this with you. Let's get out of here for a Friday. Let you know Harry's going to be quarantined for five days at Frogmire. And the wife stayed home. The ball and chain let him go alone. She couldn't take it. Man, she. I'm kind of surprised. I really am kind of surprised that Megan didn't go. But she's got the baby and she's got Archie. And if she leaves the baby home... And just takes Archie, she takes a big hit for that. So she's just kind of got to play the wife and stay home with the kids instead of taking them all there. Just the ball and chain. Harry's free. The ball and chain is not there. So we'll see if William is going to make some noise in Harry's head at the statue unveiling. We'll see because uh, Charles was, it was reported that uh, dad's not even going to be around. Dad's like, go ahead build the statue of her i was tired of her at the time i'm not gonna be there for the statue (laughs) so it's got that going for him maybe uh maybe william can talk some sense into him good luck bill good luck (laughs) 